Hey, busy business people. I am here today with another entrepreneur taking action, Ryan Braves. He has gone through some struggles to get to where he is today, including living out of his car and then losing everything at the age of 30 and having to rebuild. I'm going to find out how he turned it all around. So stay tuned. Okay, so to kick things off, now you said you slept in your car while you were going through school. So share a little bit about that experience and kind of how that helped you on your journey. Like what were the learning moments in that? Yeah, so so it's really funny. Um, typically when kids are in college, when I was in college, most of my classmates and friends were really excited when you'd finish the semester because they would go home and hang out with their friends. For me, I was like, oh, I'm getting kicked out of my dorm, which means I had to go live in my car for the break and then figure out what to do every single day. So it was a little bit of a, yeah, I'm glad the semester's over, but oh shit, it's gonna be really cold for the next month, month and a half while I'm sleeping in this car. So it was it was a really interesting place. So the reason why that happened is because um, I, I grew up in a really rough home. My mother was an alcoholic, drug abuser, and she was married to my stepfather, who once she got kicked out of the house because her drug abuse got really, really bad, he said to himself after a period of time, I'm going to get remarried. And he did. And he and his new wife and I didn't get along at all. So he looked himself in the mirror one day. He's like, this is not my kid. This is not my responsibility. So this is no longer going to be a thing. So it was like, hey, you're out on your own. So then I had to make up a decision. I, I, and it was like, can I afford to get an apartment and figure out how to get a job? Or do I go to school? I just had had this thing in my head that I think going to school might be a better path. I really didn't know, but I just heard that you need a degree to be able to do X, Y, Z. So I did that. So the I forewent the the apartment, needless to say. So that's how that was happening. Oh, yeah. I know how that goes. It's like I had a similar thing. My parents kicked me out of the house on my 17th birthday. Sure. And thankfully, I had a guy that I had barely known for like about a month but he turned out not to be a bad guy and he let me move in with him. And yeah, same kind of thing. Did the school thing, yeah. had the kids fought through all that, like sure. made it work. Cause school is how you're supposed to do it. You know, that's how you, really that's the path you're supposed to go. Right. I love that. That's changing it, for oh, people it's, nowadays. It's for sure. For sure. So like, so I know like you went from that. So that was your life. And then by the time you were 28, you had four different businesses. Mm -hmm. What did that look like? And what kind of businesses did you start? Yeah. So um, just to go back for me growing up, my biological father was uh, he had clinical bipolar disorder and manic depressive disorder, and he was in, you know, in and out of prison on a regular basis. So for me, I had the chaotic, you know, stuff with my mother and then the chaotic stuff with my father and always having financial problems. So for me, I was like, OK, I don't ever want to do that. And I'll never forget, my father promised me that we were, I, I love baseball. So my father mm -hmm. promised me that we we're going to go down to Florida. We, we grew up in New York, that we we're going to go down to Florida for Yankees spring training. And it was like a week before we we're going to go. And I was super excited. I told all my friends that I was going down for Yankees spring training. And I, I remember him saying to me, hey, listen, we can't go because I don't have the money. I have to pay someone back. And I'll never forget, I was sitting on my steps in that moment. I was like, okay, that'll never be me. That'll never be me. So all through school, right? And and I had multiple jobs and I was always hustling and trying to figure out the next thing. I was I, I literally worked 
probably 30 to 40 hours a week while I was in school. So when I graduated school, I just continued that. I had a health and wellness business. I owned real estate properties. I was then involved with a cosmetic med spa franchise. And then I had four different like um, food concept uh, franchise restaurants. So I was doing a ton of different things at 27, 28, 29 years old. I felt really accomplished. However, I was doing things the wrong way. So, I'm sh and I'm sure we'll get there. <laughs> yeah, that was actually kind of my next question. I know you said just a couple years after this moment, you know, where you're hustling and you've got all this cool stuff happening, you're doing all these businesses, you lost it all. Yeah. So outside looking in, right, 27, 28, 29 year old guy, I had really nice cars. I had really nice clothes. I was going out to dinner wherever I wanted to go out to dinner. Or my friends and I wanted to go away. We would go to Vegas and have bottle service, go to Miami and have fun. And we, I was doing all those things. But the mistake I made from a business perspective is I had my one main business, my health and wellness business. And then what I started to do was I started to invest in other people's ideas. I didn't really know about these businesses. But I had a friend, hey, do you want to buy this real estate property with us? Ah, sure. Yeah, here you go. Here's my money. Hey, do you want to get involved in this restaurant franchise concept? Sure. Here's, here's my money. And I did that over and over again. So I was actually buying into other people's dreams, not having any idea about how those businesses ran, how to understand how they were doing. And then all of a sudden, right, when everything seems like it's going really well, you take your eyes off the prize and then you turn around. And the market shifts a little bit, right? The, the business landscape shifts a little bit. And then before you know it, you literally have absolutely nothing. And that's what happened to me. I literally, literally went down to $3,000 in my bank account. Oh, man. That was crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I know those franchise things can be such a trap. I mean, people buy oh, into yeah. so many of those and they have no business experience and the franchisee mm -hmm. sells you like, you know, this is a business in a box and we'll give you yep. everything. You know, I've seen, I've yep. heard that story so many times yeah. on those franchises. It's definitely like do your homework before you get into some of those. Right. And you know, you know what it was for we, we, I did right. Like to acquire this particular franchise that I acquired, I was flying back and back and forth from New York to California, like on a weekly or bi-weekly basis. Like it was a process. It actually took me two years to acquire the franchise development rights. So I, I quote unquote knew the business, but I had no knowledge of the food industry. I had no knowledge of the restaurant industry. I, I, knew, I knew business at some level, but I, I wasn't a, a master at it. And that was the problem. When other people knew how to pivot or knew how to do certain things within that industry, I had no idea. And I left myself totally exposed to competition and all this other stuff that destroyed me. So. Yeah, definitely. Like you've obviously you've rebuilt from, you know, that experience. Like what did you do differently this time around? Like how did you rebuild from that? Yeah, a few different things. So I, I literally, um, when all these businesses kind of went boom at the same time and not in a good way, I literally remember I had a, I had a closet with all my nice clothes and I was just standing in this closet and I looked at myself and I was like, I guess the life I thought I was going to have is not going to be a possibility. So I, I have to figure out how to downgrade my lifestyle, how to downgrade the amount of money I wanted to make, how to downgrade the cars that I wanted to drive, the things that I wanted to do. And, and, and that never really sat well with me. I wasn't able to just settle for something less than what I believed I could accomplish. So 
I made this decision to invest in myself. I was like, well, I was like, okay, you did all these things wrong. What did you do that was right? And, and it, if I have to go back really far to figure this out, I'll go back really far to figure this out. And and where I went right was when I invested in myself. When I doubled down on me, I knew that I was a safe bet. So I said, okay, I know I need to acquire other skill sets and other. I need to enhance my my you know my inherent talents. Let me do that. And that was the first time I hired a coach and a mentor to teach me new things. And then I went on this personal development journey. Literally, I, I, I want to say it was like three to four years long. I was going to seminars, reading books. I mean, I, I literally, money that I didn't really have, I spent close to $250,000 on developing myself, learning how to public speak, learning how to really do sales, learning how to build a team and a culture, just learning these skill sets. And that's when I was able to really make this U-turn and, and be where I am you know, today. I think that's really, that's some powerful advice. And it's something I hear a lot. Um, kind of want to speak to that mindset a little bit, because I know so many people get held back by their mindset. It's the reason why wellness and mindset coaching is just going like right now. Yep. Especially in the COVID world where everybody's being hit with things they didn't expect to be hit with. Right. Sure. It's like you had that moment, you're standing in your closet and you had to overcome. You had to say like, you know, I could go this route. I could accept this, but I'm not willing to because I know I'm more than that. How did you know? How did you how did you get that confidence to be like, I know, even though I had this huge failure yeah. that I can do this? And I don't even I got to be honest with you. I don't even know if it was I know it was like the hope was still there. Like I just I just couldn't I couldn't bury it. I wanted to. I literally in that moment, I was like, you know what? It would be easier to get a nine to five. Like that would be easy. Like I, I have a, a lot of friends and I respect them so much and I love them as friends and I see family and, and, and whatever. And they, they live these happy, very simple lives. And I started to think, okay, can I picture myself doing that? I don't, I don't think so. Can I picture myself doing that? And it just never, it never sat well with me. Like I still had this burning desire and I guess hope to make something bigger out of myself. Not that those things are bad. I just knew that I couldn't settle for them. And it was just, I, it was just something. And it was a feeling inside of me. That's the only thing, only way I could describe it. No, I think that's a good way to describe it. And I hear that a lot. Like I like to call it the entrepreneurial spirit. Sure. Even if you're not an entrepreneur, you have the spirit of one yeah. and you're never going to sit well helping mm -hmm. someone else build their dream. Yep. Like some people do. And I think they call it, what are they calling them now? Entrepreneurs. I think it's a thing oh, where it's like they're, they're inside a company and they're given the freedom to be entrepreneurial in that safe space of a business, yeah. which is cool. But yeah, it was never for me either. I did the cubicle yeah. bill thing. And it's like, when you realize that you never actually saw with your own eyes that the sun came up that day, mm -hmm. it's like, this isn't for me. I can't, yeah. I can't do this. I did go in when it was dark and I'd leave and it was still dark. And it's like, I don't even know if the sun. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't rose. know what happened out there. I know what happened in here. And it's funny because I had a good friend of mine, really good friend of mine and very successful friend of mine. And he kind of kind of knew what I was going through, like didn't really know the, the depths of it. But he's like, hey, man, listen, I'm building this massive business. I will pay you. I'll give you a salary. And this is not an exaggeration. $400,000 to come work for me. And I, I couldn't do that either. I couldn't do it. Because yeah. because because that was my cap. 
and it, it's not all about money. It's I, I just knew that that would be that would be it. No matter how good I got at that thing, that would just be it. So I, I just that didn't still sit well with me either. I just have to be growing and building and doing something. So that's how. Yeah. Yeah. And I like that's that visualization aspect. I mean, there's a lot of coaches and gurus and stuff that'll tell you to do that. To like picture, you know, if 10 years from now, 15 years from now, 20 years from now, like if you went this path where you would be, I mean, I did the same thing sitting in engineering department and I'm working with these like guys that have been there for, since we drew on paper and they're like 60 years old and the company's trying to kick them out because they can't learn to 3d model fast enough. And it's like, there's a pay cap. There's always a salary cap. Like this is, you're only ever going to be so good. And I mean, I even made them invent a position for me. I hacked into their systems to fix things and improve things as a drafter, racked up like 120 something or 30 something computer violations, got suspended for three days and then brought back and promoted into computer programming to fix all the stuff I was trying to fix anyway. But there was still a limit, you know, like there's only like, You'll get yep. some salary bumps and you'll get some pay raises and stuff on the way. But it's like there was a it never sat well with me mm-hmm. that there was a limit. Yep. You know, it sounds like you kind of had agree. a similar thing. I love that our stories are like there's so yep. much overlap. It's so crazy. And I hear it all the time. Right. Like it, it seems like most entrepreneurs have like their history is almost identical. It's that, so that's weird. why that's why I love doing podcasts. Right. Mm-hmm. On things like this, because we can resonate on that level. That's why I, I always tell people it's so important with who, and I'm sure you do the same thing who you surround yourself with on a regular basis because our stories overlap, but other people find this totally unrelatable. They're like, I would never want to do that. Yep. So it's, it's interesting. Yeah. I think there was, there's a quote from a public speaker. I can't think who his name is. I use it in a bunch of different stuff in my marketing event, but it's like, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time Uh, with. They all say it. Yes. Yeah. He's like Jim Rohn or something. I'm probably murdering that. I'll have to look it up later, but. He says it. Tony Robbins says it. And my let says it. They all it's it's yes. Yeah. yeah. And there's so much truth to it, though. I mean, there yeah. just literally is so much truth to it that it's like and it's because they're all moving the same direction as you, mm-hmm. which, again, I mean, like you said, that's what I love about these podcasts, because you're talking to all these different people that it's like maybe our end goals are slightly different, but mm-hmm. we're all kind of moving the same direction. We have the same drive. And Absolutely. to have people that understand what you're going through when you have these moments where it's like. Some people would never even be able to imagine turning down a $400,000 a year salary. No. Like there's just like no way they would like drop everything and take that in a heartbeat. They can't imagine why you would and would think you're crazy when you surround yourself with people that understand why that wasn't crazy. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, That's it's crazy. a different thing, right? <laughs> yep. Yeah. So like, do you have any like final advice or kind of tips that you want to share? Like you've had so much life. Like if you were speaking to other people that are somewhere along that same journey, what yeah. advice would you give them? The same thing I give my four-year-old son. I, I have three kids, four-year-old, a two-year-old and, a, and an eight-month-old. Same Ooh. thing. I same thing I give my four-year-old because he, he's the one that can understand the most at this point is if it's something you want to do, whatever it is you want to do, right? It could be for him wanting to play baseball, right? Or, or whatever. If there's something that you want to do, you have to work really hard at that thing, not take your eyes off it for the next shiny object that's coming your way. That might seem like a good idea. Like if you have passion and a vision for that thing, work extremely hard at it, dedicate yourself to it, become a master in it. And then here's the really, the big thing for me. Don't quit. See, for me early on, I had a really bad relationship with failure. 
I used to think, oh man, if I didn't achieve that goal, if I didn't do whatever that thing was, I wasn't good enough. I wasn't talented enough. I wasn't smart enough. I didn't know all these different things until, until literally I had a total pivot change on it. And I realized when I failed, it's like, oh, perfect. Now I know what I did wrong. I can improve upon that pivot and continue to move forward. Like the one thing about the entrepreneurial journey to your point is it's never this 45 degree angle that goes up. It's peaks and valleys all the time. But as long as you're on that path and on that road and you don't give up, you will eventually get to where you want to go, which is great. Yeah. And it's like, I was talking to this young kid the other day, like he was successful at like 24 years old. They're getting younger and younger nowadays. It's amazing. Yeah. But I was talking with him and he said something similar. He was like, he figured out that all of business and all of life was basically just this cycle of three steps over and over and over again. Problem, strategy, solution. Mm -hmm. He said, when you look at it like that, problems are never bad things. Nope. They're an opportunity to find a strategy and then implement it and then get a solution. And then you're just going to keep moving forward. He's like, once you've identified the problem, now you can move forward. The struggle is identifying the problem. It was yep. like, dude, mind blown on these young yeah. kids nowadays, man, that he figured that out so early. I thought that was great. And it's like, it's stuck with me now. And like, every time I see a problem, I'm hearing come in my head. So that one's stuck. And you're saying the same thing. Like, you it know, it's like a lot longer than 24 to figure that out though. So kudos to mm -hmm. him. <laughs> yeah. I think he's like 28 now, but he yeah. figured that out at like 24 and just the trajectory that he's on. It's just like, yeah. man, where was he? <laughs> yeah. I, th I think there's access. There's more access to, to wisdom and knowledge nowadays. Oh uh, yeah. Then, you know, I think you have to seek it too. I know that's one thing I've noticed with the young generation. Like, you know, I'm, I'm the elder millennial generation at 38 years old where it's like we didn't have access to information as easily. We still had encyclopedias. You had to go check sure. books out of the library. I've yeah. noticed even with my kids, like, and they're, you know, 16 and 18 now, they don't desire knowledge. It's like they know it's out there, so they don't look it up. You yeah. know, when I was a kid or younger, I mean, we would argue with somebody left and right because you couldn't prove who was right or who was wrong. You know, it would sure. be like, no, that's not how it is. It's really this. And nobody could really remember and you couldn't prove it. You just argue about it. And now you can just turn to Google and get the answer in like seconds. Which, like, is, which, which is part of a problem though, right? I, I think I think you'd agree. It becomes this, if you don't get instantly gratified or satisfied, you're like on to the next thing, right? Mm -hmm. in, instead of seeking. And, and that and that is something that doesn't matter how old you are. As an entrepreneur, you have to have the understanding of delayed gratification, right? Like I'm going to work really hard today and the work I'm going to do today is not going to pay off for who knows, 30 days, 60 days, 365 days or more. And being able to have that mindset about it's, it's not going to happen for me in the moment. It'll happen for me down the road is really big as well. Yeah. It's like, I have a really smart friend that she talked about, she works in the nonprofit space. Her superpower is helping nonprofits, especially really small ones, you know, fundraise. But she has this thing she teaches them to think about that I think is so applicable. It's like, it's not about the next dollar. It's about the dollar after that and the dollar after that. Mm -hmm. It's like you can always get the next dollar. The next dollar is the easy one. Sure. But doing the things that you need for the next one and the next one and the next one so you don't have to work as hard for yes. the next one and the one after that and the one after that. That was, and it's like, like I said, she's applying it to nonprofits and fundraising, but I feel like it is so applicable. And it's exactly what you said. It's not the instant gratification. And then mm -hmm. doing the research. I mean, it's like, it's almost like the younger generations, they know the knowledge is out there. 
mm-hmm. and they just don't go seek it. They know if they ever need it, it just, it's out there. So they're not doing things, learning things yeah. and just, you know, it's like learn something new every day, learn something new every week, like make it a habit to learn something new. It's like, we used to do that. You know, I think it's something the older generation kind of has that the younger one doesn't, they don't have yeah. that drive to go just learn things for the sake of learning things. So hopefully they get better about that. Cause it's like, there is so much information. Like, mm-hmm. why don't you, you know, so it's just, it's a weird thing I'm noticing, but I'm with you. I have kept you chatting for a whole 20 minutes now to kind of wrap this up. Like, Tell us more about who it is that you like to work with, how you help them and where they can find you. Sure. So, um, and it's been fun, by the way, we could probably do this for two hours. Um, <laughs> so what I'm doing now is kind of very interesting because it didn't happen on purpose. So I have a few different businesses, but one of the main things that I'm doing now is coaching and mentoring entrepreneurs mm-hmm. and very specifically married businessmen and entrepreneurs with kids. So a very specific subset of people. Do I work with females? Absolutely. Is it amazingly fun? Absolutely. But for me, one of the biggest struggles that I had, especially as a new father going back, you know, when my wife was pregnant, so going back about five years ago was, I don't know how in the world I'm going to have a business, let alone grow that business and then be there for my wife. And then, oh shit, my kids. I, I don't know how this is going to work. So I guess I'll just be the provider. I guess I'll be the one that goes to work, makes money and puts a roof over their head, clothes on their back and food on the table. That, that's what I thought like being a man was supposed to do I, for whatever reason. I'm not sure where that came from because in my family, we didn't have any money really. So I, I'm, I'm not sure it was very stereotypical. And then what happened for me was, it didn't happen right away. My son was born. My first son was born. And about three months after he was born, I walked in the house one day and it was the first time he recognized me. Like really like just knew and smiled that like daddy was home. And and everything changed for me at that moment in time. I had this, this connection that I never even thought I would have with my own son because I didn't have it with my father. And I said, okay, I can't just be the provider. I can't. I have to figure out how to get, yes, grow this business so that I can continue to earn and provide, but more importantly, give my family an experiential life and be there to be with them and nurture and love them and show them everything that I have to offer. So that's exactly who I work with today. The person that is crushing it in business, but not spending any time at home with their family and the person that's struggling in business and not spending any time at home with their family. So I want to help people have an opportunity, the same life that I have, which is this really amazing back and forth between both. I love that so much. I think like a lot of people can really resonate with that. And it's doing a lot of things that I tell people to do all the time. It's really smart. I mean, I know it's like you're, you've niched into a niche of a niche of a niche. doesn't mean that's the only people you work with. You can help other people, but mm-hmm. you've gotten really good at helping those people and you see it in your messaging and everything online. And you can see your passion, you can feel your passion. And it's so smart. You found your superpower, you found your tribe, and you came up with the best way to help them. And I think that is genius. I think that's what every business needs to do. So I love that you're modeling it. Um, How do people find you? So like, if they resonated with that message, if they could use your help, where do they go? Two really simple places. Number one is the website, myascensionbydesign.com. Really, really easy. All I have to do is fill out a form. And then eventually, you and I will actually get on the phone 
and connect. For me, we can go back and forth all day with emails, but until I actually get to know someone, we don't even know if they're a good fit for what we do. And we just wanna provide value no matter what that is. And then number two, which could be even easier, is I just recently, probably like, I don't even know, three, four weeks ago, started a private Facebook group called Ascension of the Entrepreneur. So in that Facebook group, we have, it's actually a fairly small group at this point in time, but we're connecting. It's a very community-based thing. People are, are encouraged to bring challenges as well as wins. And then I will get in there and personally respond to those challenges that people are having, give my feedback, as well as other people that have seen and done those same things so they can provide support as well. So it's a very collective community-based thing inside that group. That's really awesome. I'll make sure guys listening, wherever you find this video posted out on the web, because we'll have it in all kinds of different places, I will have that link in awesome. there for both of those. So just look for it somewhere on the page, everybody. Is there anything else you'd like to share with our audience? No, I mean, I hope, I hope this was a value to at least one person out there. Um, and if I could ever do anything for your supporters and your listeners, I'm here. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on the show today and for sharing all these experiences. I would be very surprised if it doesn't help at least one or two people. Awesome. So thank you. Thank you. So entrepreneurs, guys, this is your call to take action, right? I'd like to invite you to join our community at etatoday.zone and learn how to build a business that enables your lifestyle instead of taking over your life. We bring awesome people like Ryan in all the time to talk about all these different things that you need to kind of get right to get that lifestyle that you're looking for. So I hope to see you there. Until next time, everybody. Bye.